Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Booth Podcast. And what a game it was in the 108th Grey Cup. Going to overtime with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming out on top as the back-to-back Grey Cup champs. 33-25 over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. What did you think of the game, Dave? It's... I mean, it was, a, it was a great game. Let's not get anything twisted there, but there's a lot of angles to this game that I don't understand necessarily. A lot of stuff that we didn't figure was going to be a factor that was a factor. Like, let's say, the wind and the Hamilton quarterback thing and just just choices. It was, it was an interesting little game anyways. It definitely was. So all week leading up, we had figured out. It was announced. Dane Evans, starting quarterback. Good to go there. No rumors. No, like, who's going to start? We get in. Was it the first or the second quarter? I think he got to the second quarter. I think and it then was the second, yeah. Takes a shot from Willie Jefferson to the head, then goes down, gets his neck pinned underneath him, out for the rest of the game. In comes Jeremiah Masoli. Yeah. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess, right? Because <laughs> this really – if you thought that you wanted to see Dane Evans or if you thought you wanted to see Jeremiah Mazzoli lead this team for the, for the run to the great cup, you saw both. Um, and I mean, may, maybe it's one of those things too, that almost it was one of those weird things for the bombers where they hear Dane Evans is a starter. They probably prepared for both of them, but you have to put an onus on preparing for Dane Evans. And then halfway through the game, you get Mazzoli who's, they're similar quarterbacks, but every quarterback's different, right? Everybody's timing, everybody's rhythm is different. And let's give, let's call a spade a spade, though. With really bad wind facing him, Mazzoli played a hell of a game. He sure did. His final stat line was 20 of 25, which is 80%, 185 yards and two touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't argue with that stat line coming no. in. You weren't even supposed to be the starter. You come in and do that kind of performance. So it's well I don't know what Hamilton does now in this quarterback situation I don't know if they ship one of these guys off I don't it's interesting there's a lot to think about with that personally I don't think with both of these guys being free agents this offseason I can't part of me is like there's no way they both come back right and then there's part of me that's like all we heard all year was these two guys work as a unit. They work together so well. Would they come back together to Hamilton to try and do this again? All right, let's just let's just put this put this perspective out there. Name me any iconic championship quarterback duo team. That's the point of it. Yes. Right. So I mean you're going to have to pick one because I'm pretty sure neither of those guys wants to have the year where they sit on the bench half the time again. Right. I don't think so. It'll be. So they're going to have to pick, they're going to have to pick who they want to go with. And it'll be very interesting because whoever they don't go with is. I feel like if you're Dane Evans, if you're Dane Evans and you become a free agent here, I don't think you want to go to a team like Ottawa or Edmonton because you've tasted that great cup and those teams aren't close. You want to go somewhere where you're close to getting back into that Grey Cup game, but who's gonna who's gonna need him though? Bo Levi, Claros, Mike Riley. You got 
I mean, if Toronto wants an upgrade, maybe if they don't think yeah. Bethel Thompson's their guy, I guess. But then your options aren't any better. Trevor Harris, if they keep him in Montreal, this is a lot of if because there's a lot of free agents, right? Yeah. There could be a lot of quarterback switching, but your options are either stay in Hamilton and fight for your job or have your job and probably play for a worse team, right? Definitely. It's very interesting because there are two teams right now in Montreal and Hamilton who have two starting quarterbacks on their rosters. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, technically, I guess. But if I'm Montreal, I don't think I'm going to give a lot of a stake in Vernon Adams winning the job. Let's be honest. No, no, I think I'm not sure if actually I have it in front of me. Is Vernon Adams a free agent? Drum roll. Please, he is not. Neither right. of the quarterbacks are free agents. They're both under contract for next year. Right, and I'm I'm saying like I don't I don't think I want to fight that one out. No, I don't want to. I don't want to give Vernon Adams hope he's going to be the starting quarterback when Trevor Harris has proven himself so much more in this league. But I mean, like, hey, regression happens. Anything can happen. But that's just where I where you, the feeling of it now, right? Definitely. I mean, Edmonton too has Arbuckle locked up already. Yeah, they do. I think if they that... want if they want to go with him, literally your only option might be see who moves, but it might only be Ottawa if you want to be a starter now. Definitely. If you're Dane Evans or Claire Masoli, right? Yeah. But going back to the game, good game throughout. You get down to that last Hamilton drive. And the entire Seattle world was baffled. Winnipeg kicks off. Tim White catches it in the end zone and takes a knee, putting them down three points instead of two. I literally, like, I texted you and I was like, did I miss something? Is this not the stupidest thing that's ever happened? And you're saying, like, no, I have no idea why he did that. That, that becomes a game-winning field goal to a game-tying field goal. And that drive by Mazzoli, he engineered. A lot of those wide-side throws in the wind were really impressive throws, too, and he got them there with space they needed. They drove the thing down to the, what was it, the six? Six, I believe, yeah. The six? Ten more yards probably isn't going to affect that kick as at all, even if you didn't get a good enough return, which it seemed like from the replay he had a lot of space. He could have returned yeah. that at least to the 20, if not more. I don't know what he was thinking. It's tough to say because it's one of those things, right? If one bounce goes this way, we could have won. If one thing this way goes that way. But that's a pretty significant play in the game that they could have won a great cup for. And just, we don't know if it was, I haven't heard anything about if it was, he was told or if that was his own move. Steinauer and the sideline for the Ticats did a good job of not absolutely showing if that they were blowing a gasket and upset about it. They did a good job of keeping that contained, but like I have no idea what happened. What was that? I have no clue. Like I don't know if it's just an American player not quite understanding because that's not that's not a common play in the CFL. It's very rare that you get high enough wind games that kickoffs go into the end zone. Great. So it's not a common place, but geez. I just mean you're you're a professional player and you have to have awareness. This was exactly this turned out to be one of the most important plays in the whole game. Was you deciding if you could 
run it back. Even if you got to like the 15 yard line, your team can still go. Or if you give up that point and try to play for the tie, right? That's, that's huge playing, kicking for a win or kicking for a tie. They said that's the difference between a championship in this game. Yeah. I, it's Hamilton's curse. This is, they, they just, it's always, we say, this play, that play didn't go your way. It always feels like there's one of those plays in the Grey Cup for Hamilton where they have the win, they're going to do it, and it doesn't happen. This, I look back to 2014 when Brandon Banks has the punt return for a touchdown, right. gets called back on an illegal block that was nowhere near the play. Right, and I mean, two years ago, they just got blown up by the Bombers, even though yeah. they were the favorites, and then... 2013, they go under a giant and play the Riders, but even they have really stupid mistakes like that snap that went right by Henry Burris and he just stood there shell-shocked, right? Yeah. This is something that I'm sure Ticats fans are sick of seeing in the biggest game of the year, the championship game. But like I said, that 1999 drought for Grey Cup, now the longest drought continues. And how long will it continue is the question. It's one of those things that like it's they've been the coaching staff is good and the players like being there. Hamilton's a great fan base and it's a great place to land if you're in the CFL. But how long until these players eventually decide to break the unit up to try to go to go right to a place where they've there's proven winners. Right. If you get an offer from the staff, Peters, sure, they only made it to the semifinal. But, you know, that Bo Levi and Dickinson, guys like that know how to win why not take your talents there? Right. And stuff like that comes to mind when you think about it. Um, I'm going to give Hamilton some credit though. We'll talk about actual in-game stuff besides their actual curse. Um, they did a really nice job in that, especially before that overtime of absolutely containing Andrew Harris, making him basically a non-factor, even guys like Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat, they had what two tackles, three tackle stat lines in that game. Yeah. They really neutralized these big threats. And that's a big reason why they got so close. I guess at this point, so close, right? Yeah. Um, we were looking through before this because after the game, we had Zach Galeros being named the, the Great Cup MVP and Nick Dembski being named the Great Cup most outstanding Canadian. Claros had an okay stat line. Dembski had an okay stat line. And we're kind of like, could could there have been other guys for these awards? And honestly, not really. I mean, we kind of agreed that more deserving of the MVP award might have been the stove himself, Stephen Richardson, with four tackles and two QB sacks. Um, right, but, but then I mean, but that's not the fancy – TSN interview that you're going to get from Claros, right? Exactly. But I mean, like, yeah, it's just one of those games where it just seemed like everybody did their small part of their job that they needed yep. to do, right? That was the game plan going in. And I guess that's really the difference between teams that we said win one way and teams that can win a bunch of ways. And you saw for the Bombers, when every when the ball hit their hands, they made the plays that they needed to make, right? Yep. And that's, ex- that's, that's exactly what Claros said when he accepted his award was – I've never been on a team like this. It's just right. this team was a team. It wasn't three guys. It wasn't four guys. It was a team of guys who wanted to win this championship. And it showed. 
it makes me wonder now it'd be interesting they haven't released the bombers free agent list yet or the hamilton one is how many of those guys stick around for a third time i know there's been teams that repeat like in our in our time we've seen the alouettes repeat in 2009 2010 don't bring it up but yeah we've seen that but we've have we ever seen a team go three straight in any league right you see repeats like you see the lightning repeat in the NHL. Now you've seen repeats before, but like, it's really hard to think of a three in a row. Right. Yeah. I feel besides like, the, like besides like the bulls and the, yeah. the legendary ones like that. Right. I feel like did back in the day when they were a huge dynasty, did Edmonton. They might've, but repeat, I mean, that's but still like, quite, that was, that's quite an exception though. Still. Right. That was in what the seventies, the eighties, like that was, yeah, it's, in, it's an exception still. Yeah. Quite an exception, right. Exactly. So it'll be in- interesting to see how this free agency shakes up. If enough guys want to try their hand and then maybe just go for the money. Right. Cause I mean, it's hard to keep a, a championship team like that when guys play such a high level together, when they all want to get a raise. Right. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. Names haven't really been released yet, but I know a big name that is a potential free agent in Andrew Harris. Could we see him leave Winnipeg? Maybe try and go back to BC where he started his career or something like that, or find a new challenge somewhere else. It's interesting, even if the idea of um, a guy like Brady Oliveira, if he's a free agent, yeah, he's a good enough back to be a starting back somewhere. If he leaves, right. And then you get the situation where what if Andrew Harris stays because that's his place, Winnipeg, yeah. but he gets hurt again. They don't have an Oliveira to rely on now because he's shown what he can do and he gets paid somewhere else, right? Even the depth side of it is an interesting thing and next man up is harder, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the CFL and this is one of the knocks on the league that we've we've seen a few things come out in the media during this week of Grey Cup and a big thing was fans are frustrated with the short-term contracts of the CFL. You go out, you buy a guy's jersey, and he's gone next year. It's tough. It's happened to all of us, I think. Um, so there's talks with the CFL of trying to make changes to that rule. There's a lot of rules under review by the CFL this year to try and increase fan engagement. But I mean, that's, that's comes back to the, the long and short of this revenue sharing. Some teams don't have enough money to keep these, all these guys around. And that's like the problem, right? Is they actually don't have the money to give these guys three year deals that these guys think they're worth after they have a great career year. Right. Yeah. They can't pay them that. So, I mean, that's, I completely understand that when you get man, Oh man, I love this guy. And then he plays on your team for one season and leaves to another team. It's tough, but the money side is where everything needs to be figured out first, right? Exactly. That's where it comes into play that for these players, they sign one-year deals because no matter what, if you sign a multiple-year deal, it's only a one-year deal to the team because none of the money's guaranteed. Right. They can cut you in your second year, no consequences. Right. So that's what – the commissioner said in the Grey Cup pregame show was if this were to happen, some kind of guaranteed money system would have to come into play right. where year two, year three, year four of contracts have a portion of the contract guaranteed. Right. That's- Which is, again, why we need the revenue sharing because teams don't have the money 
to pay those guaranteed contracts. Right. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of tweaking that needs to be done to make yeah. this a sustainable model and more than just by one aspect of like the contract, right? Exactly. There's a lot of money, a lot of structure that needs to be figured out for the CFL here. Definitely. And that will be a hot topic throughout the entire offseason with all the rules under review, the mere mention of a fourth down, the pitchforks come out in CFL. It's fans don't like the idea. And I think the CFL sees that. And I doubt we will see a fourth down next year. Um, and I like, I completely, like I said, we played Canadian rules football. We played and I completely understand the, the pushback against it because it's, it's uniquely our game with three downs. Yeah. But I think this rule in its itself is one of the more minor rules to change that doesn't take away the integrity quite as much. Exactly. You know I mean, the wide field, like the, the, the bigger field, the closer, uh, like uh, the uprights closer in yeah. the, the waggle, the, the, the no yardage rules, that stuff is a little bit more integral to me than if they have one more down. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hot button topic, but again, we said this is, if the CFL is really putting their, their eggs in the sports book and the betting aspect, you need to make it a league that's safe for betters or else there's not right. going to be any increase in fan engagement. Which I mean, this could also help though. You give that offense more time to move the exactly. ball as well, right? It's going to yeah. be bad for the defense because you could get the, we get a stack on first down and it's, and it's instantly second and long, right? Which is yeah. great you but that's bad for the offense and if they want to make this a flashier big play league the fourth down will help that right yeah and that's what we've seen is defense over the years has had much better stats as scoring goes down and right. we can say scoring was down because of the pandemic and all that canceled season and that was probably part of it this year but this is a larger trend than just the past year scoring has been going down since 2016 2017 they said, I remember that year in 2014 when Elamimian broke the tackle record in 2014. There was like an all time low in scoring that year, and they changed the rules the next year. So, yeah. like, we can't, the games are too boring, basically. Yeah. Right. This is a trend that has continued. There's guys like you and me that appreciate defensive play, but that's right. not the masses, and the masses are what you need in the CFL right now. So we will see what is to come with rule changes this offseason. There will be some to the extent of how much it changes the game is a question. Right. But I think that Grey Cup proved that the good games can be played under these rules for sure, because that was an amazing game to watch. Yeah. And I mean, let's, I mean, it's going to be tough because we are Ryder fans, but you have to give Winnipeg credit, even when they got down again. Caleros was calm and steady, distributed the ball. Harris cooked up at the end of that game, and they made the plays, right? That last, that interception to seal the game, that was one bomber player almost had a pick. A second one, volleyball smacked it from hitting the ground to another one to end the game, right? These guys know how to make plays. Like, that bomber team from top to bottom has been dominant all year, and they had some two tough games in the playoffs, but not tough enough because those guys are the champs again. Definitely. So now we look ahead to the off season in the CFL and 
biggest part of the offseason, we alluded to it before, is free agency. Yeah. This is a big free agency this year in the CFL. And we'll go to our hometown, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it's a scary-looking free agent list. Yeah, this is scary. This is scary. Some of the highlights. At quarterback, we have Isaac Harker, who has been a solid backup. He got pushed down the depth chart a little bit when with Mason Fine's success in the last game in Hamilton. Great. Um, at running back, you have William Powell, Keenan LaFrance, Jamal Morrow, uh, Alexander Dupuis. So your whole backfield. So your whole backfield. Yeah. Then we get into receiver and things get scarier. You got Shaq Evans, Braden Lenius, Paul McRoberts, Kyran Moore, Mitch Pickton, Duke Williams, Jordan Williams, Lambert. So just Schaefer Baker is there left if all those guys left, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's Schaefer Baker is around. That's it. You got him at least. That's it. Get into your offensive line. This is an offensive line that this offseason, that is going to be the priority of this team is to rebuild. But you do have guys like Brett Boyko and Logan Ferland and Evan Johnson, Josiah St. John, Taryn Vaughn. Vaughn was out all year with an injury. Would have been a staple of that offensive line if he was healthy. So A guy like Ferland was a guy who played a lot, and I, yeah. didn't, I didn't see him being the guy that blew up on that line. You'd like to see a guy like that come back. Even if eventually it's just for depth, whether he's a starter or not, he played well, right? Yeah, exactly. And then we get into what was the highlight of this team, the defense. Great. And there's some notable free agents here too. You got guys like Micah Johnson, A.C. Leonard. Pete Robertson came on at the end of the season and in the playoffs. A guy who's been around a while and McKenna Henry, like that's your defensive line. And those are tough guys to lose if you have to let some of them go. So like from what I hear, Jonathan Woodard is the only guy that's signed right now? Yeah. Great. I mean, it sucks because, like, yeah, you said Robinson came on and AC Leonard, we know what he does. He led the league in sacks. Yeah. Got reliable guys in the middle, a guy like Micah Johnson that takes double teams, right? This is, these are big guys that we need back or to fill these spots, right? Yeah, definitely. Get into the linebackers, and it's a little scary here, too. You got Larry Dean, who didn't play any games, he tore his ACL in, in training camp, but he was a guy we were all looking forward to seeing. We got both the Herdman Reed twins, uh, Dion Lacey, who did fill in in that middle linebacker spot, played very well. Yeah. And then Micah Tights as well, who was the the Riders' most outstanding defense or most outstanding Canadian. Yeah. So that's, that's like I said, it's scary because these are whole units gone, right? Yeah. And this is maybe the scariest part because this is about all of our starters at in the defensive backfield. Ellie Buka, Blaze Brown, Jacob Dearborn, Mike Adam, Ed Ganey, AJ Handy, Nick Marshall, LJ McRae, Godfrey Onyeka, Luchas Purifoy, all pending free agents. Yeah, so so our entire defense are free yeah. agents. So we have we're gonna keep Jonathan Woodard, is what we have right now. And on offense, we have Zach Claros, Kean Schaefer Baker, and Dan Clark. In is Claros, Cody Fajardo. Did I say Claros? You did. Oh man, what a sin! No, Fajardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but uh, but I mean that's essentially what we have, right? So there's like a lot, a lot of work that needs to be done here. It there definitely is, and then we also get into our special teams unit: Brett Lowther, John Ryan, Jorgen Hughes, all free agents as well. So even with that, it doesn't change. Still, we have the yep. same six guys. Exactly. 
<laughs> it's it's going to be a tough off season for the riders, and I think this will be really telling to see what Jeremy O'Day can do as the GM of this team. This team was a team that this is not Jeremy O'Day's team. He didn't build this team. This is still Chris Jones's team that he yeah, built. So it'll be interesting to see if he can bring those goes back and those key pieces and also rebuild that offensive line that struggled this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- next year is going to be – well, next year is the biggest year the Riders have had since 2013. The Grey Cup is back yeah. in Regina. This team has been quite good for the last two seasons at least. This is literally a make-or-break year for – Jeremy O'Day's resume, right? You need to make this team a championship team this year because the rider, the rider fans are patient enough that we'll, but you've heard it the last three years. We better have this figured out by 2022 because we don't want to be not at home in the great cup. Right. Exactly. So this is, this is a big year. We need this to be the year, right? This is huge. Yeah. So I, I turned back to the receiver position. And you've got the three big names in that rider receiving core in Shaq Evans, Kyran Moore, and Duke Williams. Yeah. And I don't think there's a way that we bring back all three. Money's a factor, but if we just look at on the field stuff, you just have to say it. Shaq Evans, to me, looks like the odd man out. I think so. Injury history. Duke Williams, if we bring him back, is probably is the deep ball threat, probably better in a one-on-one, honestly, bigger frame. And Kyron Moore is a different type of receiver, the slot guy, yards after catch, he's that guy, right? And I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. Shaq Evans had bad body language a lot of this season. Yeah. I mean, frustrated that he wasn't getting the ball, frustrated he was hurt, but isn't but wasn't the guy that would just push through and wait for his time. He, he, he just had bad body language. So for me, anyways, Shaq is the odd man out. If if the other two were guaranteed to come, we couldn't bring back the third, right? Yeah. With a guy like Shaq Evans, we heard, I believe, Cody Fajardo even say, he's a guy you got to get his touches early to him so that he gets in the rhythm for a game. Right. Well, that's not the case with Duke Williams and Kyran Moore. Those guys are committed to play throughout the game. And when you ask them to make a play in the fourth quarter, when they haven't made a play all game, they'll be able to do it. And I don't know if you can say the same for Shaq right now. Right. We saw Duke do it in the, that last, the last drive of the semifinal, right? Yeah. That was two 10, 12 yard routes to Duke back to back where he converted those into first downs. Right. And we haven't seen that from Shaq this year. And certainly nothing that would make you think that he's going to be that guy in the fourth quarter with not any work before it. Right. Exactly. So it's going to be a little bit of a QB carousel in this league. We've got a lot of names here that um, are going to be free agents as quarterbacks. Some guys who got a few reps this year, some guys who were starters. So we'll have to see. I'll run through a list here. You got McLeod Bethel Thompson, pending free agent. Mm-hmm. Led his team to first place in the East Division, clinched a 
home playoff game in the East final. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you say some stuff about him maybe interfering with a cameraman and, and all the antics that went on in that last week for Toronto? Sure. But he played well. He did. He did play well, but my thing, my concern always for McLeod Bethel Thompson is he's a good stat guy, but we really haven't, I don't see McLeod Bethel Thompson as the guy who you really want in the clutch, right? Yeah. Maybe he can get there. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's just not proven to be that guy yet. Whereas even guys we mentioned like Dane Evans have shown they can be that guy. Right? Yeah. I don't think there's a chance in hell that this guy actually ends up making it to free agent free agency, but Zach Caleros is a pending free agent as of this point. It would be take something crazy to see him gone from Winnipeg. You know, they're committed to him now, right? Yeah. Speaking of Zach Caleros, too, we have seen the question come out a lot in the past 24 hours after Zach has won his second straight Grey Cup is, damn, should the Riders have traded him? Uh, yeah, I think they should have. I think they should have. I he, wasn't, he wasn't that guy in Regina, though. That's no, he, he wasn't. We gave him a season. He had a full season, and then not only did he just get injured constantly, and like I said, he, it's it's easier in Winnipeg because you have a clean line, which we haven't had in the last yeah. two years like that. But who's to say that this system, right, to say, was he going to do that well with, with McAdoo? Who knows? Was he going to – beforehand, did he – was he going to do that? Well, probably not. He didn't show that he was going to, right? I think this was just right fit, right guy, right? I don't think I don't think he was a guaranteed smash hit in Saskatchewan. No, I don't think so either. Next on the list of free agent quarterbacks, a guy I don't think he's a starter in this league. He has shown some inconsistency. It's Dominic Davis. He said he'll probably end up with a job, but he's not a starter. If you exactly. if want to be a good team, he's not a starter, right? Yeah. We had talked earlier as well, the two Hamilton quarterbacks, Dane Evans, Jeremiah Masoli, both free agents. I assume they will both be starters in this league next year. Where? Who knows, right? Who knows? Um, from Saskatchewan, we mentioned it earlier too, Isaac Harker, who has looked – Decent in a couple of games he played in and not good in the other that he played against Hamilton. Looked not good at all. He's, he's shown enough. He'll probably, he'll have a job. Oh, for sure. He'll have right? a we, job. We don't know if it's here. We don't know if it's second or third string, but he'll have a job. Yeah. I would like, to, personally, I'm a big Isaac Harker fan. I, I just kind of followed him. When we signed him, I took a look at some of his stuff from when he was at the Colorado School of Mines. That he was he's a quarterback I like and he's a quarterback I think will have success in this league at some point. I don't think that point is now. Right. This one is interesting to me. This guy showed some things this year when the starter went out in Calgary, and that is Jake Mayer. When Bo Levi was injured, Jake Mayer had some very good games. He threw for 300 plus yards in all of his three starts when Bo was out. See, that's one that if you're, if I'm the stamps, I make that a priority is to keep him around because you don't know if Bo is going to have the same type of year again. Even so, you still have Bo Levi, who 
he started the, the team started to click, but that was a defensive led team. Kadeem Carey had a really breakout year. That wasn't Bo, the, the, the Bo that we're used to seeing. And we don't know if he's coming back for sure, right? Who's to say? Exactly. Yeah. So if he's he could probably be a starter, but if I'm Calgary, I'm doing my damnedest to lock him up. Oh, for sure. I think this list rounds out with a couple of guys who we've seen a little from more from one, but we've got Sean McGuire of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and David Watford of the Hamilton Tiger Cats rounding out this list. Just they'll they'll probably have a job, both of them. Yeah. But yeah. So that means so uh Fajardo is signed. Yeah. Vernon Adams and yep. Trevor Harris in Montreal are signed. Arbuckle signed in Edmonton. Um, who else do we got? We got Bo Levi signed. Yeah. Mike Riley signed. Mike Riley is signed. Okay. Um, you've got Matt Nichols still signed in Ottawa as well. Right. As well as Caleb Evans, who started most of the games in Ottawa in the back half of the season here. Um yeah, that's kind of your list of, of signed quarterbacks. Taylor, Taylor Cornelius, who started a lot of games in Edmonton as well, signed. That's, he's a good backup if Arbuckle is going to be the starter. Definitely. Cornelius showed at least he's a serviceable backup, so that's good that Edmonton at least has him there. Exactly. That kind of rounds up the quarterback list. A lot of other interesting free agents around the league, too. Um we could dive into all of those, but we would talk about that for hours and hours and hours. I think there's some big names at the running back position. Like we said, Andrew Harris, Kadeem Carey, also a pending free agent. That's an interesting one. William Powell. So there could be some shakeups this off season. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to see Kadeem Carey in green. I'm not going to lie oh, to you. I would love to see Kadeem Carey in green. <laughs> I, there's a lot of guys and I do this every year. There's a lot of guys on these free agent lists that I would love to see in green. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't want to see a guy like Andrew Harris in green or anything, but just like yeah. a guy like Kadeem Carey hasn't had the volume of touches as long yeah. as a lot of these guys has. So, you know, he's got fresh legs still. I'd like to see that, but then that brings up the argument to like, Hey, is Jason Mossy going to give him the ball? But I mean, that's a different argument for a different day, right? Yeah, exactly. It will be an interesting offseason. Going back, backing it up to the week that was in Grey Cup, we did have the CFL awards. Yeah, we were giving live updates on our Grey Cup preview episode as it was happening, but we didn't get the whole list. No, we didn't, but we can give that whole list out now. Dave, rattle off the awards for us here. All right, so for, like, the, the big ones here, we got – I remember we mentioned uh, Chris Van Zyl had the Jake Dowers Veterans yeah. Award. Not really an on-field award as much, but still a nice one. The Tom Payton Memorial Award, another tie cat, Mike Daly, yeah. the defensive back safety. Uh, then we get into, like, the, the more main awards for the on-field stuff. Coach of the Year, Michael Shea for the Bombers. When you Ooh. are basically undefeated and win another great cup, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, well deserved. Uh, yeah, uh, Mike or Jordan Williams, most outstanding rookie. He was the the linebacker, middle linebacker for the BC Lions. Said he had nine, 97 tackles this year in a shortened year, which is 
pretty impressive. As a rookie, um, I believe that was second in the league for tackles. So right, and he's he's an early pick by the by the Lions in their draft. Yeah. Right. We said we mentioned we had Devonte Deadman, special teams player of the year, an absolute ace on in in the return game this year. Seems like every year we have a guy who's kind of be, emerges as a return ace, and this year it was Deadman, right? Yeah. Uh, we mentioned outstanding offensive lineman, the tackle for the Bombers, Stanley Bryant, in his 11th year. Just an absolute stalwart on any offensive line. Pulls that team, anchors it down. Uh, another linebacker, uh, defensive back type. One outstanding Canadian, Bo combo for the Lions as well. Two Lions on the board, which is interesting yeah. in a, a, a landscape full of Bombers. Yeah. And then the big two, defensive player of the year, for the third time, Adam Big Hill in the middle for the Bombers. And then most outstanding player, Caleros, after he didn't get his year, the one year when he got hurt for Hamilton. He comes back. He gets it this year as the quarterback of the Great Cup champ Bombers. Yeah. Uh, long time coming for Caleros. He's been waiting on that one for a while now. After, yeah, he did get injured in 16, I believe it was, and, and didn't get that award. And Yep injuries after that and finally ended up in Winnipeg a couple weeks before the Grey Cup in 2019 went on to win it and then finally got his full season here so that was good to see for Zach yeah I mean there's like like I said I think our problems were more with the nominees and the actual winners before yeah one I would have liked to see was I mean, you can't argue that Adam Big Hill was a defensive player of the year, but it would have been nice to see Simone Lawrence get one for the type of plays he makes for the year that he has, for the consistency he's had in Hamilton to have him get one, but wasn't in the cards. Yeah, I guess it wasn't. It hasn't been in the cards for Hamilton for a while. The cards in Hamilton have been pretty rotten, yeah. That wraps up the awards there. Some interesting news coming out in the CFL just about the couple of vacant jobs, the multiple vacant jobs in Edmonton um, and the vacant GM job in Ottawa. Ottawa electing to hire or start their search. Um, You have guys like G. Roy Simon, who's been a player personnel guy for a while now. Um, Dwayne Ford, who is working with TSN, but knows a lot about the league. And then we have Edmonton. Some interesting news coming out. Maybe taking a look at Mike O'Shea, giving him a head coach and GM job, which he's currently the only the head coach in Winnipeg. I mean, it's a smart thing to look at. The, obviously, the coach of the year yeah. to come be your coach, right? Give him a boost in responsibility, but it's tough to think that O'Shea back-to-back Grey Cups with the first team that gave him his chance at head coach, a huge successful fan base like Winnipeg's that he'd want to leave, right? But I mean, it's smart to at least offer, hey, like if you can get O'Shea, get O'Shea, right? He's he's a phenomenal coach, right? Yeah, it does have shades a little bit, I think, of the Edmonton football team and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders back in 2015, the 3-15 Saskatchewan Rough Riders fire Corey Chamberlain and then go on the hunt for their next head coach and end up taking on um, Chris Jones as head coach and GM. With the same, and GM, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's the big key point of that is they want to make him the GM as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Other guys that Edmonton is looking at as well, Chris Jones, bringing him back, which, which I think which is for, probably for my yeah for my money, it's probably their best choice, right? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, if you can get a guy who's won back to back great cups, it probably your best choice, but I don't right. see that happening. No. Said so if you if you can get him and then Winnipeg get Chris Jones, I guess. I don't know, but like yeah, it's one of those things, right? Like it's probably gonna be O'Shea sticking where he is and Chris Jones is the next best choice for sure. For sure. Like, that, I want to give give one shout out, man, because yeah. he 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 was green through and through for such a long time. Richie Hall, man, can that guy coach defense now? This is his fifth Grey Cup as a member of staff, like his fourth one as defensive coordinator, third one. But like, wow, man, what a resume that guy has as a defensive coordinator in the CFL. Congratulations, Richie Hall. Yes, congratulations. And that brings us to the end of the 2021 CFL season, a season that many thought wouldn't happen. We weren't sure after the season was canceled in 2020, if we might ever see CFL football again, but we did. It was a great season. We had the shortened season with the latest great cop ever played on December 12th. (laughs) We'll hopefully get back to some normal scheduling next year and it'll be great. I think things are going to be on the up for the CFL. It's been a little rocky roads. I think needed changes are going to be made. I think we're going to see some positive impact on the CFL and on the game. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of the CFL. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's looks it's on the up, right? Yeah. If we can get the marketing up to snuff, if we can get the money from the betting, if we can get healthier teams with this, with this revenue sharing, it looks on the up and hopefully the CFL is going to be thriving soon. Right. Hopefully. So the season ends with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as your back-to-back Grey Cup champions, probably the longest back-to-back champions ever with the canceled season right in the middle of it, but back-to-back nonetheless and the heartbreak in Hamilton. Congratulations to both those teams on amazing years, as well as most of the CFL too. I I don't know if I can say on an amazing season in Edmonton and Ottawa, but (laughs) you played football, which – something nobody did last year. So congrats on playing football. Yo, Rich, can we throw something out? I put it in our, in our spicy group chat, and I need I want the people to, to yeah. comment on this one. Yeah. The Arkells was a fine halftime show. It was fine. Okay? There's nothing wrong with it, all right? But if you look me in the eye, and we let's – I, I want to get a pull up on, on Twitter, on our socials. Okay. To see this. You're watching the Grey Cup, Okay. And all of a sudden at halftime, the halftime show is Nickelback. All right. Nickelback is back, baby. And they bring out the hits. Photograph, rock star, burn it to the ground, animals. Isn't that more hype of a halftime show oh, than the Arkells? Of it, it is. I don't think anything. There will not be a better halftime show in the history of the CFL. There hasn't been. There won't be going forward than 2011 in BC with Nickelback, 
back as the halftime show. That was the best there was, and it might be the best there will ever be unless Nickelback comes back themselves and plays. I was saying this year was the was the decade anniversary. Ten years later, after there's a canceled season, give the people what they want. They want Nickelback. At Let's halftime. start it. Let's start it right now. The booth is starting in 2022. We want Nickelback. As we do half time in Regina. We want Give it. us Nickelback. Everyone wants it. We're starting it now. We're going to start the rumors. We're going to make this happen in the CFL. The booth is going to make this happen for you all. We all but guarantee it. I, I can't say anything about guarantees, but you bet your ass we're campaigning for it right now. Regina wants Nickelback. Run it back. Another banging halftime show. We all want to be in Regina banging animals at halftime before the green and white finish the job. That's what we want next year. That's what we want. Make it happen, CFL. Nickelback, that's it. That's the answer. Easy enough. Support local. Let's do it. Let's do it. But yes, that ends off the CFL podcast for the year. We might have an odd episode here and there talking about CFL. If big news comes up, once we get around to have the actual free agency of it all, once we get in towards the draft and, and training camp and things like that, we'll definitely talk some CFL. We'll probably take here uh, a week or two off just to discuss what's going to happen with the local sports show going forward post CFL season and just take some time for the holidays as well. So bear with us. We'll still have other shows with the NFL show and, and the NHL show coming out as well. So Keep your eyes on the booth. We'll still be around. Keep it locked in. Don't Keep forget, it locked in. Don't you forget about me. Don't, don't. As always, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, at the booth EC. Buy some merch. Get your merch on. It's good merch. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Just put the podcast out there. We're here for the people. We're here for Nickelback. Nickelback for for Great Cup 2022. Yes, we'll start it. We're going to start it. We're going to start going. We need need you guys to support us. Otherwise, we're not going to get it. We'll get some okay band again when we could have animals. That's all I'm saying. Let's do it. Nickelback 2022. Thank you all for listening. Once again, it's been an amazing season. I've been Rich. He's been Dave. Signing off from the booth. We'll see you for CFL talk next season. And we'll end it all off next season with the Grey Cup in Regina.